Thank you for tuning in to the Printmakers Podcast. My name is Stephen Wiggins. And for this episode, we are going to interview Jamal Barber. And he's from Atlanta, Georgia, and just finished up his solo show. As well, we're going to talk about his work, how he got involved in artwork, how he changed the printmaking. Um, we talk about what it's like to be an African American and African American in printmaking and the arts and many more topics. So this is a very deep and candid conversation. I want to say thank you to Jamal for taking the time out for this conversation. And you can check out more of his awesome work at via Facebook, uh, Jamal Barber Studio, and Twitter is J Barber Studio. And he's also on YouTube and on Instagram. You can like, comment, and share, and follow his work at J B A R B E R S T U D I O. That's J Barber Studio. So we'll have links to all those websites and social media accounts on in the description in the podcast as well. You can follow us, BG Printmakers on social media and via our website bgprintmakers.org really appreciate all the support if you could like share subscribe comment review the podcast we'd really appreciate it we love all the support we've had so far without further ado let's get into the podcast and here's my interview and conversation with jamal bart so this is a Bluegrass Printmakers podcast, and also known as a Printmakers podcast. My name is Stephen Wiggins, and my guest today is Jamal Barber, coming in from Atlanta, Georgia. So, uh, hey town, yeah, hey town. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Jamal, for uh, doing this. I really, really appreciate it. I know you're busy, but um, I just wanted to jump right in and just ask you about printmaking and how did you get get involved with printmaking and what made you choose relief cuts all right so uh um like most people man i've been doing art my whole life like drawing and painting and all that kind of stuff so for a long time i was a watercolor and acrylic painter you know trying to do my thing like that Right. Trying to be like uh trying to be like a whole lot of different people, man, when I when I was doing it. I never right. quite felt comfortable. So one day, uh ran out of paint, went to uh Binders, the art store. Right. And they were having a screen printing demo. And so I don't know, something like I looked at it, I saw the process and then I just knew like what to do, right, to get what I wanted. So right. that day I bought all the equipment I needed, some screens, emulsion all that stuff and that's it i just watched videos and trial and error a lot of trial and error and just kept kept working at it so i, I taught myself screen printing and then after that kind of was still like looking for something a little different yeah i felt like completely comfortable though because i started making more work and i started making right. the type of work that i wanted mm-hmm. so i went from there to i remember way back in the day when i was in college i got my degree in um, illustration communication oh. arts from east carolina wow okay and so 
So I took one like printmaking class then. I didn't pay much attention to it. You know, I just kind of brushed it off. It was an elective, just something to do. Yeah. But when I started screen printing, I remembered um, the woodcut that I did. So I've done one woodcut way back in like 2001. Right. So, so fast forward, I just started doing it and I just added it with my screen printing to make something new. Yeah. Just kept working it. So, wow. Cause that's that's amazing how you you really integrate both of the mediums well in your work. Um, Thank you. And I love the how you really kind of balance the techniques and uh, mediums of both into one yeah. whole piece. And um, I think that's I really admire you for that. And Thank you. Um, so. When you went to Binders, you saw a screen printing demo, and you just kind of pieced it all together. And your, can you talk about your work? Like, what is the main ethos of your work, and how is that um, done with printmaking in your own specific style? I, I think the first part about. Uh, that really got me into printmaking was the process of it, right? right? So it was it was in order to do this step, you have to do the step before it, and right. then, so every step you do, you're thinking about the next thing, so you never get lost. And I think that's was that's what always got me about painting. Mm -hmm. Like when I when I paint, I can just do this one painting for like the whole month and just keep working it, and I never quite know the direction that I'm going in but printmaking I didn't have that problem like I, I was always knew what the next step should be and could be and so I never felt lost so that that freed me up like a whole lot to just kind of follow my instinct so right the one thing I started doing was I uh so I'm gonna I'm intersect two stories here okay mm -hmm. so I was working in a graphic design job at the time, and I was doing the painting on the side. And I, I got into some, they got a Decatur Arts Festival down here, and I was yeah. doing, like, group shows around Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Like, all kinds of stuff like that, like art walks down here down in Marietta Square. And it yeah. was all good, but it wasn't, it didn't quite feel like my voice either, right? Mm -hmm. So when I started, so when I got laid off from the job, um, I talked to my wife, she was like, yo, you should just do your art. So in that kind of in that kind of vein, I said to myself, if this is it, right? If this is the the time that I'm gonna make my mark or try to be a full time artist, then right. I'm gonna go for it. But if I go for it, I have to I have to be able to just close my eyes and do exactly what I see. So a lot of my work is about me growing up in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is about. Uh, kind of this racial uh, issues that are going on and that always like seem to affect me and bother me. Like this idea of justice, this idea of, of making the social commentary, yeah, speaking up for the issues that I hold dear. So I'm, if that's what I'm going to do, it's like I'm going to either sink or swim doing it. And that's kind of where it was. It's like I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to do it. And if people don't like it, then I'm still going to do it. And it's just going to be a part-time thing. Like, if I end up having to go back to Target, I used to work at Target. 
uh, way back in the day. So if I got to go back yeah, to Target, yeah. I'll go back to Target. But I'm going to do my type of work and not make any apologies about it. So so that's where it come from. So I'm a real intuitive type of uh, artist, too, where it's like if I, whatever I'm feeling, I got to I got to get it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then and so if I'm feeling a little bit uh, uh, caught up in the system or I see some you know, unarmed black man shot in the street. Like, you know, all this all this kind of stuff is happening. Like the, the whole um, Charlottesville marching and all this kind of stuff. Like yeah, that kind that's... of stuff can builds up an anxiety and I feel like I got to say something about it. And that's you that's where all of my art comes from now. At this point, it's the only thing I do. Yeah, because it's a this there's so much that's going on. It feels like every other day is a new there's just some, yeah. something so sensational about the news. It feels like a movie or something. Like, you cannot yeah, believe exactly. what's coming out like of the don't news. don't feel right, yeah. don't feel real. But then it's like, you know, and, and it's weird because at the same time where it feels like it's new, it feels like it's happening, you can really look back and see that it never stopped happening. Right? Exactly. You, always, you always have these stories from, you know, my grandma, uh, you know what I'm saying, your grandma might have a story. You know what I'm saying? Like, the people down the street got a story. You know, everybody has these stories of these issues, and it happens in our community. And, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the one thing it is, is that I don't I don't always want to be negative about race either, right? Because we're not where we were before. Is that, but yeah, I there wanna, is that. I be, but I want to be realistic about it, too, mm-hmm. at the same time. I want to I wanna be able to say that, me in the in the conversation I have with other uh, Black Americans is different from the conversation I have with, like when I go down to the Atlanta Printmaker Studio where I print it all the time. Right. It's real diverse, right? Real diverse. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's all kinds of white people, Chinese people. It's it's all kinds of people there. Yeah. And nobody cares about your race at all. Like we all are there, just kind of joined by this printmaking. Yeah. But I can't pretend that the conversations that I have with my Black friends aren't different from conversation i have with my white friends but that's just and that's just a reality that i speak to in my work and it's not always negative right it's, it, it is a lot of positive stuff to it and it's not always about racism yeah like right. sometimes it's just about black joy sometimes it's just about us just getting together and vibing and, and enjoying our culture and and who we are the people just the things that we do you know what i'm saying we might have hip-hop conversations and yeah. We might, you know, go to, to the barbecue, you know what I'm saying? We might get up and dance a little dance hall. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's so very, right? And, it, and, it's, and the idea for me is to try to capture that experience, kind of capture this idea of, as a people, there's a pride and a soul to us. And that's what I want to express, this pride and this soul. And, and in that context where we exist, there are these other things happening, like Charlottesville is happening at the same time. yeah. That, there's a always started a black business, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's a balance, and it's a it's a balance and a counterbalance and a yin and a yang, and a, and I, I want to speak to all of that with, with my work. Right, and I'm glad that you do that because it shows, even though in the the dark times that we're in, considering the type of like the bravado of racism has just gotten to another level. I mean, it's just. Whatever the dark things are in people's heart that used to hold, you know, inside, now people feel like they have a voice to just say whatever they want to. They don't care who they're saying it to. And I feel like there's 
a part of the work that, like you said, just deals with enjoying being a part of black culture and vibing with each other and enjoying each other's company, even though we have these dark times. And so... Yeah. And, you know, that's how it always was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, even even back in civil rights days, man, it tripped you out when you look at these pictures. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's Martin Luther King, they're marching and they're chilling. But, you know, Jesse Jackson got pictures of him having a beer with Martin Luther King, right? They playing yeah. pool. Like, they they are <laughs> kicking it the same way when you came to Atlanta for, for the conference. Yeah. We were kicking it the same way. Like, it, it's not, it's no different. Like, yeah. Like, this is, this is just what we've all been doing for so long mm -hmm. and it's, it feels normal in a sense. And I just, I just speak to that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is, I think that's amazing because, um, that's part of, that's a part of my work that I want to try to delve into is like trying to make work that focuses on the community and, yeah. um, because you don't really see a whole lot of African Americans represented in printmaking as far as like portraiture. And I, the, the bigger kind of like vision for my work is to kind of not, not so much do what Kahinde Wally did for painting, but and portraiture, but in a way, just kind of get back into my roots as delving into my culture more because that's always something I've, it's not neglected, but just haven't reached into. And I guess it maybe might be because of my surroundings or just how things have naturally turned into. Um, but I was wondering, like, I guess place has a really big part, plays a, place plays a big part in your work. Do you think by living in Atlanta, does that, that definitely influences your work? Or do you think it's just something that comes from inside of you? Or how does like living in Atlanta affect your work? And uh, that's, that's interesting because a lot of the, the feelings that I have, I develop in North Carolina. Oh, right? okay, but okay. I, but I didn't have the skill or the agency to do the work until oh. I got to Atlanta. Until I got to like around this like a certain circle of people. Okay. Because right? Atlanta, Atlanta has a, a very rich uh, base of talent, right? So it's like mm -hmm. it's, it's a ton of people down here, and I make it my business to go out and seek out that energy, right? Because it's it is. It can be draining to sit around and, and you know and ponder black identity all day long in your basement, <laughs> right? Like you know, yeah. it, it'll, it'll drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I go out to try to to find out what the energy is like that other people are doing, and I appreciate that. Just like you, right? Mm -hmm. You where you were saying that you don't don't uh, necessarily talk about these issues in your work, but you don't have to. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah, you're, yeah. Gonna, you're gonna make the work that's true to you. And that's the only thing that I think artists should ever be concerned with. Yeah. So when I go out, I know a lot of people that do a lot of different stuff. Like I know graffiti artists, mm -hmm. I know, you know, painters, I know people that do political stuff, but I know I hang out with people that just do flowers and, and um 
and Yannick Norman down here. She does uh, some realist stuff. Charlie Palmer, he does um, painting. He does a, a lot of uh, civil rights and history-based stuff, a lot of mm-hmm. black uh, figurative work. So, you know, it's, it's all very, man. And, and I think that's where I kind of gain my perspective and confidence about myself, too, is being around all these different people. Right. Kind of going through that process of growing into trying to find a career and trying to find it with other people that were trying to find it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. Because you're so all trying like, to come up like together. A, exactly. It feel like a generation of us. Right. And, and, and that's what it feels like now. Like some of us are starting to break through in different levels. But it feels like, yo, that's my man. We used to do you know what I'm saying? Apache <laughs> Cafe back in the day. Yo, that's yeah. My yeah. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like. <laughs> Like people like I used to hang with. I actually went to school with um, Fabian Williams and mm-hmm. and Dwayne. Uh, damn, I, I call him W. I forget his last name, but he does an art, beats, and lyric show. Okay. So, so I've known these cats for a long time, and to get to see them elevate their skill level, see them elevate their show level, see them ever elevate their thought process, and so interact with them, I have to elevate myself. You know what I'm saying? At the same yeah. time, because that's kind of the standard and that's what you see happening. But it's a shared energy, man. It's so much happening in Atlanta. It's not just printmaking necessarily. And I, I think it yeah. should be more printmaking. <laughs> you get all the same? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody should be a printmaker. But, you know, there's photographers down here. There's painters. There's collages. There's quilters. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's all kinds of stuff happening. So. If you can find your scene, man, you can get a lot of like inspiration from it, and that's that's the main thing I get from Atlanta. Right, inspiration and encouragement, because I mean that's a huge part about being an artist, right? It's, it's tackling that self doubt that you get when you're just like I said, sitting in your basement <laughs> trying to make a narrative about blackness. It's like yeah. wow, you know, like can I even do I even have the skill to do such a thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the so, vision inside of your mind. Is trying to come out and it'll come out somehow and when you get around other people it's good to get feedback and so um and encourage me because they want you to they want you to do it too you know what i'm saying they they read it they're ready to see what jay gonna do you know i mean i I call myself small but you know they're ready they're ready to see what i'm gonna do you know what i mean and I'm, i'm ready to see what they're gonna do so that elevates everybody in his pockets you know what i'm saying it's not i ain't gonna paint the picture like it's all one big cohesive love fest down here it's not but you know you you find your pockets man you move in your circles and and you find it joe you can find the energy if you're looking for it yeah that's the thing too you have to go out and seek it and just be able to support our people's shows and i feel like lexington is starting to get there and we're having some more regular shows to happen outside of the normal gallery circuit. Yeah. Um, that's a good thing, too, about having community, especially around printmaking and just other artists. I think because artists in general, like myself, I'm an introvert, but I know if if I don't force myself out there, I'm, it's not going to happen. And so I just yeah. kind of force myself out there as awkward as I can be at times, just warts and all, and just see what happens. And that's yeah. what's, that's a cool thing too, because there's a process of that, just like there is with printmaking, and in life, is that you just have to get out there. And, yeah. um, you the realize co- it's not, you know, you were afraid of nothing. You know yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, as long as you just keep moving, 
you're not moving backwards. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a good exactly. direction. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta deal with um with the idea of uh, what's the word I'm looking for expectations. Yes, you know what I'm saying? yeah. Like yo, like you do this work and you just expect like oh you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna get picked up by a gallery next month. Like <laughs> nah, you might not. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you might yeah. Work on a little bit. You know, your paintings. You know, it might not just be might not be good enough. Like you know, it's all kind of stuff that go into it. But you know, the people that do it, man, they do it for love and passion. And nothing's really going to stop them from from getting it done. Yeah, but that's, that's the type of people that I look for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because that's like super important because you don't want nobody that's going to buckle under a little bit of criticism. You know? Cause, yeah. Because the criticism is out there is going to come like it has to come. That's just yeah part of the human nature. I mean, just people's comments. Like everyone has a different perspective and experience around what they view as art. Yeah. And so, because of that, that's going to change how they see um, your work or just anybody's work. Yeah. And um, that's a good thing about getting it out there as much as possible to uh, as many different people as you can. Because if you just stick to one group of people that are just like your quote unquote yes men, you know, that's just going to, that's not going to help you grow. Yeah, and, um, and that's what, that's what I do when I go out, man. I do that all the time, you know, because I because I think about it like when I was a painter, I think somebody really should have told me to stop painting and to try something else. I, I and I know that sounds harsh. Like I probably I'm probably just being hard on myself. I'm probably not that bad of a painter, but I feel like I, when I moved into printmaking, man, mm-hmm. it literally like changed my life. Like, yeah, I, I literally could say what I wanted to say how I wanted to say it and I felt and I've gotten so confident in it that it's almost automatic like the last thing I think about when I think about doing a show is making the work yeah. I already know I'm going to make it like I'm going to make something and it's going to be at this point I'm pretty confident that it's going to be at least decent you know yeah and, I feel the technique and stuff I feel the same way like the exact same way. Like now, I look back. I wish somebody would have just been like Steven, Really, I mean, you gotta stop. But I had so many classes in painting. I just that's what my officially that's what my title is, and got a BA in painting. But I took a couple of printmaking classes. I was more affected by my printmaking classes than I ever was really with my painting. And I was uh, I was with somebody about three years ago, and this is why I was already fully convinced I need to be a printmaker. I was making work, but they were like, "You paint like a printmaker." And I was like, "Man, I wish somebody would have told me that <laughs> ten years ago. That would have saved me so much time. Like, no, everybody saw my work <laughs> and all those critiques, and yeah. nobody said that. Like, they were just. I remember this one girl said my work was too flat, and I needed to try to add some dimensionality to it i was like you know what i wish she would have just said you need to go down to printmaking studio <laughs> I, like, I would have like yeah i feel like printmaking changed my life too and it just it gave me something to work towards yeah yeah and, you know and, and it's and it's you know i know everybody's story is different you know mm-hmm. so i don't i expect everybody to, to feel the same but it's almost like when I go out on the scene, man, I'll be trying to not, not, I'll be trying to, to strongly encourage people. But at the same time, I'm trying to 
correct not correct correct them is the wrong word but but it helped them improve like help them critically look at their work not yes that I'm, i don't come in and bash them and, and tell them you know this sucks you know go home like i'm not like that but it's yeah. like yo you can look at somebody's stuff and you can you can nicely tell them like you know you're doing something here that's good and here is not good and what's the difference and like kind of talk to them like that so it's almost like professor type like you know what i'm saying like I, I feel like that's what i needed when i was at that level yeah and that's what i try to give other people and it might be misguided people might take it the wrong way and think i'm mean but I'm, it's really coming from a place of love i want everybody to be artists to reach right. their full potential and if you do that you're not gonna do it with just me you know patting you on the back all the time i do that people i have people that do that to me i'm a man uh i'm a man um does Black Art in America, Najee Dorsey. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you this, this part of the story. <laughs> when I did the printmaking, after the binder, when I bought my first uh, screens and all that stuff, right? Yeah. I was, I would put something together and I did this Martin Luther King print called uh, Lock My Body. Hmm. Uh, so it was like the lyric, Jay-Z lyrics, Lock My Body, Can't Trap My Mind. And yeah. Martin Luther King and like these little designs, these ornate designs and stuff. And so uh, Najee Dorsey, who's on Black Art in America, the website. Yeah. He bought my first edition of Prince. Whoa. Right. So that with that, and he has has since then has been like a mentor to me. But he was the one that really kind of pushed me. So if you're gonna blame somebody for me being a printmaker, you need to blame him because <laughs> I, I got I, I found some measure of success in it. Right. Yes. So automatically, I started to think I can I, maybe I can do this again. Like it gave me like that little bit of confidence, and so from mm-hmm. there, I bought my first um, I bought a single arm T-shirt press. You know what I'm saying? Oh um, yeah, illustration and stuff. So with that money, I bought that press, and that I still have that press, and that's what got me started. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's so it's all these different parts that come together to make the story. So it's not like this linear thing where something just happened and I yeah. just yeah. But it's all these ups and downs. Like, I meet this person. Then I go hang out at Charlie Palmer's studio and watch him paint. And I take a little bit from him. Then I go talk to Shaniqua Gray, Shaniqua Gay, uh, who does these uh, wonderful paintings of of these um, these figures with these animal heads. So, Ooh. you know, you're taking little bits and pieces from all these people in Atlanta. I don't think, I don't. I didn't know about any other scene other than Atlanta, so it's hard for me to judge it against anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so I don't know if I would have became the same artist if I stayed in North Carolina because mm. these people aren't there. This energy wasn't there. You know? Yeah, because there was just a different vibe, probably, and it just would have exactly it would have evolved in another way. Um, exactly. So, what actually caused you to come to Atlanta from North Carolina? Man, I was chasing my wife. Right. <laughs> I was showing up, man. I was. <laughs> we, were, we were together in in college at ECU, and she yeah. came down to Georgia State to get her PhD. Oh know, wow! In chemistry. So Ooh. she left, and we kind of we broke up a little bit, and it's like, yo, like yo, if I ever get the chance, I told her, if I ever get the chance, I'm gonna come to Atlanta. So so actually, this is the second time. <laughs> So that's the first time I got fired and I and she changed my life, right? Yeah. So the second time I got fired and she told me to do my art. So I've been a full-time artist since then. Wow. The first time I got fired was at ECU. I got fired from my job and I, I ain't had nowhere to go. So I called and I was like, yo, I'm coming down there. And hmm. I moved down just for her. And wow. 
we've been, you know, 11 years of marriage and two kids later. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> wow, <laughs> look at that. Still got her. Shoot. Yeah, dreams do come true. Oh, kids. yes. <laughs> <laughs> kids and the wife <laughs> and the whole the whole thing. Yeah, dang, look at that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so your wife and your family, how they um, influence your work, like? Um, oh yeah. Uh, my wife and my wife is um, this gonna sound real strange, right? But <laughs> I use my wife as the barometer for all my ideas. Oh okay. Because because I consider her to be a very smart, like educated. We can have like these long conversations about stuff, you know, anything. So I, I consider her like a regular person in terms of appreciation for art right because mm -hmm. everybody's not an artist everybody's not you know i like me like i couldn't wait to go out and get to buy the carrie james marshall book you know mastery and right. read it like page to page <laughs> so <laughs> you know i'm not a normal cat you know what i'm saying but yeah but she's like a normal person so if i can explain an idea to her and if she gets it too fast i know it's too simple does that make oh, sense? Oh, yeah. So like, like, I, like, I, like I, I gotta, I gotta have an idea that she kind of understands, but she needs to see it. And, and when I hit, I, it's a sweet spot. Man. Oh, okay. Like it can't be, it can't be too complicated that she just completely lost, but it can't be too easy that she can tell me the next word I'm gonna say out of my mouth. Like so, it's, it's like a balance. Oh, so I use her as a barometer yeah. for that. I mean, uh, honestly, and I get a lot of my ideas just from talking to her. Because I, cause I have to explain the idea to somebody. Mm -hmm. And she's the best person that, that I got around. So, like, just explaining to her. That's how I, I come up with a lot of stuff. Wow. So, like... And so, my, so my kids, um, just to finish off your last question. Yeah. Um, my concern for the world that my kids are going to live in is a big motivation behind a lot of like the more charged stuff that i do mm -hmm. right so like all of the like i did a series about called the hood politics series where it's where it was a series of diptychs and it was it was showing the difference between the messaging that you see on tv and reality of what you were saying so it was like collage and all this kind of stuff but it had like mm. these real strong messages in it and, yeah and that's the type of stuff where i am trying to make work to spark something and I don't, I don't know what it is, you know. I don't, I don't know what the energy is coming from, but, but I'm concerned about it, and I think about it constantly. And I wonder if I could make something to explain it, almost to myself, really, because that's how I process my emotions is through my art. So, mm -hmm. so that it, it has led me to a lot more charged uh, stuff. My concern for them. So that answers your question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I don't have any kids, but one day I will. And just the way things are now, uh, just I don't know how to process half of this stuff. Um, yeah. I just really it's, it's, don't. It's concerning. <laughs> to yeah, say, to say the least, it's, it's concerning. But but it's also you know I find moments of joy in it too right so right. it's not it's not always doom and gloom like it's doom and gloom but it's not always doom and gloom like i did a series called um called afrolicious i guess mm -hmm. you look it up you can see it's like linoleum women faces and then there's these african patterns that i collage together and i 
uh, tear up the prints and I re and I collage them down onto these wood panels. So it's like the woman, she has these African patterns that's her Afro. Uh, so oh, it, you know, yeah. it's, it's still it's still ways to express other feelings. Like I can't, I, I know I get like a super obsessed about it sometimes, but sometimes you got to do something to let it go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it it has to come out somehow. And yeah. I'm so glad that I have, like, what I have inside. Like, the world just seems like a strange place to me. And so, for me, I just have to let it out. Like, I I don't understand the world, and the filter I process that through is with dinosaurs with pants on and <laughs> bears waving. Because in a way, I just, that's how I... I <laughs> Like, I want to see the world in a happier place. And yeah. And, hey, you so, know, nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And, you know, people, people might think that, you know, just because I make these, this, you know, charged, political, you know, Emory Douglas, Black Panther type of work, that I'm, like, critical of people that don't. And I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm right, so right, yeah, about no. you having your journey. And yes. that's cool that you like the dinosaurs. I know you did a piece with, like, a bear. And his shirt, he said, um, free hugs. Is yeah. That, was that you? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was, that was me. you, right? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I, you know what? You can, you, if that's how you deal with it, then that's you. And it, it you can feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. art is about that feeling, man. It's about whatever you're trying to communicate. It was just getting it out your way. And, you know, I love it, man. You don't have to do stuff like I do. You don't have right. to be politically charged. And, you know, don't, don't throw, you know, American flags and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and you got to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you know. it it has to be true to what you know. And exactly. That is for me is true, and um, I I don't think I'd be able to get it through uh, any other way. Because um, I don't think I'd be able to paint something like that and execute yeah. it in that manner. So this gives me a language. And that's why I'm so happy with printmaking to see in everyone's work. We all we're all speaking the same language, but like the dialects different, you know. Exactly. And so exactly. I think that's so amazing. I'm so glad that printmaking enables that, and it's like something for everyone really, and just everyone has to try at least once, and you could find what you like, and yeah. or you could find what you don't like, and that's something like a lesson you can learn in life. Yeah. And that's, um, that's something too. Like, and I'm all about. Um, I do a lot of uh, collaborations when I'm when I'm talking. So. Like, literally, almost everybody I talk to that's an artist, I harass them about doing a print with me. <laughs> so, so you know, eventually I'm going to have this huge catalog of people doing prints with me. Nice. And I, I don't know, it's, like, it's just something about that energy, man, where we can, I can show you how to print it. You know what I'm saying? Don't, yes. don't get all caught up in the details. Mm -hmm. Like, you do what you do, and then I will help you translate it into a screen print or a woodcut with screen print, you know, assist or... You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It, we'll, we can make a print. Like, that's the, the last thing we should be concerned about. You know what I'm saying? Let's make this art, though. You know? The language of... To say. The language of the multiple in... and collaborating is... that's really powerful. And even yeah. when you're, like, in the studio, there's other, like, forms of collaboration, like... Um, like, at the... the co-op, the print co-op here in Lexington. Um... We always show, like, as soon as it comes off the the press, 
we show the we show it and then people were like ooh and ah and they were like you know what maybe you should try this and there's there's a way you can do it this way and have you thought about that and man you wouldn't sometimes you wouldn't get that by yourself just by yeah you definitely wouldn't and um I just love having that community be available and yeah. that's why I, I like uh, Atlanta Prayer Maker Studio man I mm-hmm. break down at Atlanta Prayer Maker Studio and uh it's I, I love it man there's you know you go in there you meet all these different people man you got people that know a whole lot more about a whole lot of other stuff that you don't right and y'all can get in there and like I said like I said before it's like a diversity thing too where you're not concerned about all this other stuff you know what i'm saying like it's there but you know you might and and, other, and they might feel different about all these issues than i do right but you know what let's do these prints though you know what i'm saying yeah. like, like we, we respect each other's we respect the passion because we, you know obviously we know that we're in a niche system right yeah like it's not it's not a ton of people out here doing prints like so we know that especially as digital technology gets more and more advanced and easier like you know you got a supercomputer in your pocket but at the same time printmaking especially woodcuts I, I almost say woodcuts is there's no other way to get that embossing exactly right? there's no other way to get that texture than to take a piece of wood and a piece of paper and run it through a press that yes. you crank by your hand like it's like it's no other thing like that yeah. So I personally, I personally feel like even as the digital becomes more pervasive, I think what we do becomes more special, mm-hmm. right? It becomes more uh, special is the best word that I got for it. It's, it'll become more sought after. It'll become more of a specialty because this is like the original thing, and people in this fake world of of all these digitals and Facebooks and, and IG <laughs> and Twitch, you know, Twitters you, you cure, yeah, you cure your whole curated life, man. You know for sure that this piece of paper was physically handled and it's and, it, and it's tactile and you can smell the ink on it and you can feel the embossing on the back, man. It's nothing like that, mm-hmm. nothing like that feeling. Yeah, you can't get it. A three D printer can't print that, and no. so yeah, that's what I. That's what keeps me coming back, really, is just being able to hold it and touch it and move it and yeah. fix it. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to make sure we um, were able to talk about your upcoming show, Bright Black, at yes, uh, Southwest, yeah, Southwest Center. So, Southwest Art Center. Southwest yeah, Art in Center Atlanta, yeah. in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, can you speak to some of the pieces included into that and yeah. the process behind because this is your first solo show right yeah first ever man wow because cause wow. it was this and this idea hey i've been printmaking for i've been printmaking for five years wow i was doing i mean i moved to atlanta in 03 so i was doing like mm-hmm. acrylics and watercolors since way back when but this is still the first time i ever i ever felt like i had enough to say and i knew how to say it mm. to even attempt to get a solo show because i'm I mean, i'm cool i mean i'm represented by a gallery down here uh, zukai gallery okay um and so zukai they have uh some amazing amazing slate of artists so it's you know aaron henderson steve prince and charlie palmer is kimmy cantrell is basil watson like it's all these amazing people so 
even if it is like a group show and I do three or four pieces, but I do three or four pieces and I'm beside Charlotte Riley Webb, like, yeah. that's all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah. I'll, like of I'll course. take that any day of the week. Yeah. So I don't necessarily need to do a solo show. And I think people do solo shows too easily. Like they see it as just something that, you know, I got 12 pieces sitting around my house. Let me do a solo show. Like, that's not it. Like, I, I wanted to say something. And I wanted it to have an impact. So right. that's what, I, that's what I'm trying to do with this show. This show, I call it Bright Black, an Exploration of Black Identity. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is this book. And I did um, a screen printed series of, of collages. Uh, I, I call it Black Propaganda. But it's like it's almost like a protest poster, like right. Douglas style. Where it's, it has these, it's American color theory. So the idea is that hmm. that they're the same way you look at color theory and it explains to you how blue and purple uh, work together. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. cross, like complements and all this other kind of stuff. Like tertiary colors. The, yeah, if you yeah. look at the language of it, the language of it can easily be applied to race in America. And so oh. I broke. That's why I broke down. I picked. Uh, a lot of the actual color theory language and I worded it and put it together in a way that it's applying to race in America and how blackness is defined by an outside system and but at the same time you exist as a black person in and of yourself right then you encounter the system as you go out so before I was talking to a group of high school students that came to Zucat uh, for like a tour and I asked them like, yo, did you feel oppressed when you were at home for Thanksgiving? Right? As you sitting around watching watching football yeah. and eating and getting the dressing and the turkey and cranberry, <laughs> all this kind of stuff, like did you feel inferior? And the answer is no. So where does that come from? And I say that it's this this color theory that America has that that tries to define the relationship that blacks should have. Oh, so so a lot of those principles uh, talk about that. So, and out of the so out of the book, uh, which is bound by Jerusha Graham, who is um, I think you might have met her. She was a former education director at Atlanta Printmakers, but now she works at the Paper Museum. Okay, she was at Tech Campus. She was on the um, the Diaspora panel talk at SDCI. Yeah, 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 that was her. So okay. she's helping me do she's helping me do the book. So uh, so we did the book and from the book and just discussing and trying to figure out what did I think of blackness in America and, and how I see it defined, mm-hmm. I made all these other works that uh, speak to the idea of this collective black experience and kinda highlighting some of the feelings that we can have on a day to day basis and it, it sets up a lot of of uh well i can't think of the right word it said it sets up how i feel about america and how i feel about being black in america and the joy in it and the collective blackness that we share and this outside system that also seeks to oppress us it doesn't oppress us all in a blanket hard-handed fashion right like Mm -hmm. every time i go out i'm not scared when i encounter a white person like that's ridiculous like every person is going to judge me as an individual and not judge them as an individual but we got to realize that there is a system that has a black person 
with the same history, same criminal history, and the same charge will be will have a sentence that's on average five times harsher than another individual. So, yeah. yeah so right. at the same time that I'm living in this America and I'm embracing the opportunities and I love it, I do have to deal with these other inequities, right? So a black person in every metropolitan area across America, in every state in the union, will is is has a higher likelihood of being pulled over for a traffic stop. Now, yes. Are black people just savages, right? Are we just don't know how to drive everywhere we go? No, right? That's ridiculous. So, and and you pair that with the history. So part of it is an installation where I'm dealing with uh, the history of redlining. You know what I'm saying? So that's where right. they were color coding city areas so that the black areas would be denied access to certain loans and certain um, other opportunities. Mm. And they were, they were, they were, the black areas were, were colored in red because they were redlined. They were seen as not viable uh, for these loans and stuff. So, I mean, America has this history that we have to, we have to discuss that too. Yeah, that's discussing blackness. And part of it, all the events that are happening now, it leads to that conclusion that there's a lot of inequalities that have been going on for decades that and and you have to acknowledge them and you have to at some point you have to at some point acknowledge it and at some point deal with it yeah and in a in a constructive way that's not just hey let's just forget about the fact that you know for years it was government policy that they would build subdivisions and in the covenants of the subdivisions they would have have wording that says this home should not be, cannot be sold or resold to an African American. Right. So if, if yeah. that's the language, what well, that was in the language for 20 years, that's a generation. That's how many times was that house bought and sold? How much wealth was built from 1940 to 1965, where the house might have cost $40,000 and that's worth $800,000. And you were completely cut off from that amount of wealth. It does something, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So, so we got to talk about these issues, and I talk and I talk about it in a serious way. I'm not trying to be funny with it. You know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to be man, real and man, serious. We can't dance around it. Yeah. And you know, we need to do something about it. That's yeah. how I feel. It needs to change. There's so it many things that just need to. You know, to... and we wanted to change. Like most people wanted to change. Some people don't. I mean, you still gotta. Yeah. You still gonna have to fight with certain people, right? We know that. Yeah. But we've part... always had to fight with certain people. This part of, of the unfortunate part of human nature, which I never understand, which just seeing it from the other person's perspective, and it's the same. We all have the same shortcoming of just not being able to have a three sixty view, and like I know that when my parents bought the house where they have it now, there was a developer that was going to sell it to them at a much more affordable price than I believe um, any other developer at the time would and he he f- had to fight to get the same house built in that neighborhood at that price and they wanted them to charge him more I think his development agency wanted to charge him more the realtor agency and yeah. he also had to fight with the government too just to be able to get affordable housing for my parents 
and um, he really fought City Hall for it, and he eventually won, and it enabled them to have a place to raise a family at yeah. a, a place at a time when my parents really needed that opportunity. And I want to say they're probably not the last people to have to deal with that, unfortunately. Yeah, like, like you'll be surprised how many people have that exact same story. Mm. And it seems, you know, it seems far off. It seems distant. It seems like, you know, we talk about the 1960s and, you know, Bull Connor and all this kind of stuff. But it's not like, you know, think about in 2008, Bank of America admitted that they were purposely steering minorities into subprime loans. Gosh. Right. Minorities that now this is not Jamal. This is not I'm not accusing them. They are admitting that that was the policy to take people that qualified for for the conventional loans. I mean, you had your down payment, you had your credit score, and you had uh, all the other stuff that you needed, like the job and, and all the stuff. And they still had the had the had the policy of steering those people into subprime loans. They mm. admitted it, and they paid this huge fine for it. That's 2008. That's not. Yeah, that's, that's not 1945. That's not Jim Crow. You know what I'm saying? No, so that's... these 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 issues still exist. It is on my mind because I think about what what I go through, what my father had to go through, and what my kids will have to go through. Hmm. And you know, it at at some point, it can't just sustain itself. It shouldn't. Yeah, there, we need to break the circle and. Yeah. There's so many ways to, there's so many ways to do it and at sometimes it does feel a little hopeless and because of me it's affected the way I want to continue making my work and perhaps take a different spin on it and um, just having a place to live there's just so many challenges of uh, being African American in America and there's hope in knowing that the award isn't here on earth that it's in heaven, at least for me. And I know that's for, that's, that's how I, that's how I keep my hope is that all the foolishness down here it wasn't meant to be <laughs> like, it wasn't yeah. the original plan, but there's, there's just, there's always going to be foolishness down here. There's just yeah. always is. Unfortunately, yeah. so, yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, it's just something that we got to talk about. Yeah. So, you know, so, and I, I don't think my show is like super serious. I don't think my show is like no downer either. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I, definitely. I don't, you know, I think it's, it's an exploration. It's a conversation. Yeah. I think art, art should be a conversation. Yes. Like if you, like, you know, I could easily have just filled it up with, you know, horses, you know, <laughs> it's, it's incredibly carved, incredibly <laughs> carved, multicolor reduction block. Uh, horses, horses, like and horse farms. Yes, but that would be very, mean, very popular here in Kentucky. Yeah. I can say that much. <laughs> that would do well. Yeah. And it would, it would, and you know, I, and I, I would at some point. I do want to. I hope one day I wouldn't necessarily feel so much to have to do this type of type of work all the time. Right. Know? But but at this moment here. Uh, with my skill and my agency, I think this is what I should do. This is what I want to do. This mm-hmm. is what I want to talk about. And, you know, 
it's, it's, it's out there. It's going to be what it is. I've, I've made a promise to myself to always be true and kind of sink or swim with it. And, you know, that's what it's going to be, man. Bright black. That's how it has to be. That's how it has to be. And so, um, yeah, man, um, I really, I guess, um, if you want, we can, you could just shout out the show and your social media and website and way people get a hold of you. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. so what are the dates for the show, where it's located? Okay. It's, it's uh, at the Southwest Art Center in Atlanta. I think it's 914, 915 New Hope Road, Southwest Atlanta. Okay. Uh, and it's the dates are, it opens January 26th and closes February 23rd. On February 10th, Saturday, February 10th, mm -hmm. there's an artist talk from 1 to 3, and that'll be live streamed. Okay. Um, and and I'll, I'll make announcements on that and exactly how on my Instagram and Facebook, and I, I was also a print demo, so I'm doing a print demo in the morning from ten to one. Oh, and from one to three is the artist talk. Nice. So giving people a little little look at what I do, and also uh, at Atlanta Atlanta Printmaker Studio, me and me and Jerusha Graham, we run the Atlanta Printmakers Atlanta Relief Carvers United. Oh like a, yeah, it's yeah. Like a meetup where all the relief carvers y'all can just come. The studio is free access for that day. Y'all can just come carve on with us you know what i'm saying maybe print a little bit hang out let's do a little carving man you know talk talk to each other have a little fun man you got to be balled <laughs> up in your room by yourself you know yeah hiding your hiding your uh lino, <laughs> hiding your linoleum, <laughs> you know from the world man come on out and hang with us yeah. at the studio every third thursday so the atlanta printmakers the atlanta relief carvers united will be at my art demo so we'll be oh, there okay um just carving Hanging out, chilling, man. I want everybody to enjoy themselves, man, and, and really get into this printmaking. Especially want to, I want to be kind of responsible for spreading printmaking through the Atlanta circle that I know. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So yeah. If they can, if they look at my work, you look at my work, you think it's cool. Yo, you can do it too, man. Let's do it. You know. Yeah, just give it a shot, and uh, yeah, give it a shot, man. That's I got you. Like, yo, don't worry about nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can, you can borrow my tools. Like, yo, let's come, yeah. come hang out at Atlanta Printmaker <laughs> Studio. And you could be with me, and I'll show you how to do it. You ain't gonna cut your finger off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we gonna, like we gonna make some, we gonna make some prints, man. We gonna print makers, man. That's what we do, man. We make prints, yo. That's yeah. All, that's all I want to do, man. In the end, that's all I want to do, yo. That's so what my is. social media is um at Instagram. I'm J Barber Studio. That's Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And on Facebook, I think my yeah on Facebook my page is J Barber Art. Okay. On um, Facebook page. Yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll blow you up in the description and provide links and um. Oh yeah, we links website. My website oh. is jbarberstudio dot com. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll we'll blow it up. Um, I've just been making these podcasts and just talking with other printmakers and just hearing everybody's stories is just really amazing. It's very encouraging to me, and I've just really enjoyed it. And um, yeah. thank you so I think much. You, uh, Oh, no, thank you, man. I think you hit on someone this podcast, man. I think you mentioned it to me when you were down at the conference. Yeah. You know, it was, and it was a good idea, man, so I'm, I'm glad you, you got around to it, man. I've been listening to it, man. I enjoy you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I just, it's something I, it's in the back of my mind for a long time, and I just got tired of it. 
was like, okay, <laughs> let's put this into action. How are you going to do this? And put yeah, an action just like, plan. Just like, just like that print, man, that you did, yo, with the, with the bear with the free hugs. Yeah. Print, man. That was probably in your head, too, yo. You, you had just, to get it out. You just got to put it down. And you just got to yeah. carve it and do it. And then just <laughs> let it be, let it live in the world, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's all it is. And Give there's so the much. People, man. Yeah. And just let the market decide. And then do what the market tells you. And then sure. see where see where the market's, you know, it's too much of the market, not enough of you, and change that, you know, and that's what life is. And so, yeah, I really appreciate this, man. And um, oh, no problem, man. Yeah, and uh, we'll definitely um, we'll try to get this out before the show, and definitely we'll share the posts for the um, live stream for sure, and try yeah, to get okay. everybody tuned in. So thank you again, Jamal. I really appreciate all your patience, and I was, this is a good talk, man. I really appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate you, man. Right on, man. Well, um, good luck with everything, and I support you. Just keep on keeping it, man, and um, I'll talk to you later. Thank you. All man. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Printmakers Podcast. Thank you, Jamal Barber, for taking the time to be interviewed and also, thank you to everyone who supported the podcast over the last few episodes. I really want to appreciate all the support. So make sure you like, comment, and subscribe and tell us what you think of the podcast. You can also hit us up on social media at BG Printmakers. Make sure you send us a message. We would love to hear from you. You can also send us an email, bgprintmakers at gmail.com. Starting the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So thanks again, and really appreciate all support, and we'll see you next episode. Happy printing!